and welcome to Anarchism Interrupted, an anarcho-feminist podcast where we will discuss anarcho-feminist perspectives and readings, bringing together radical politics, anti-capitalism and feminism. I'm Anna-Marie. And I'm Vicky. And we are (laughs) anarcho-feminists. It's time lucky. Anyway, so Vicky, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, they. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are... They, um, made me feel a lot of pain when I said that, but... I don't know, he doesn't like pronouns. Yeah. Which is very relatable. Yeah. To be fair. <laughs> Before we talk more about, like, our first experiences with anarchism and anarcho-feminism, we thought it would be a good idea to, like, introduce ourselves a bit more so that, like, the people who listen to us can get, like, more of an understanding of, like, where we're coming from, basically. And, and and then also, obviously, because that will affect how we maybe, like, interpret things or talk about things. And um, that's kind of important. Yeah. Um, so, um, we are both queer. <laughs> and we're also white. And we live in the UK. Yeah. We're actually housemates, which is how we can record this together. We're in the same room right now, just oh sharing God. one mic. So, um... The audio is what it is, but hopefully it gives a real life feeling. You know, like you're there with us in the room. Like you, you can, can hear, hear me and my asthmatic breathing right next to you. We're both sort of middle class. Yeah, I guess that's the closest to the truth, but it's it, it's a bit more complicated. Yeah, I think for me. Um, but I don't. I think we can just start off with that. Um, and I guess the other thing that's kind of important to say. Both in terms of like listening, like I just mentioned my asthmatic breathing, but anyway, um, and also in terms of the perspective that we bring to stuff is that like I'm disabled and mm-hmm. um, like I'm mentally and physically disabled. And so also you can probably hear like things I'm using for uh, pain relief um, on the mic. And also I can't sit still, so I will be probably knitting most of the time. So if you hear a little clicking, that's my needles. Yeah, do it closer. <laughs> really want them to get the full... The full experience. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't knit like that. I don't knit like that. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, and then obviously also being disabled right now is especially difficult, I guess. Um, because, I mean, it's just difficult to be disabled generally. But it, especially during a pandemic where disabled people's lives are just not valued even more than before yeah. that's important to say and it's also important to me like it's an imp- like it's a yeah it's an important part of my identity and um i love disabled people so and the other thing that i wanted to say as well is that our name is inspired by um a book and that book is called feminism interrupted uh by lola olufemi and it came out i think last year and it's a book about feminism, as you can probably tell. But it's specifically kind of like a book trying to um, take back from the cause of neoliberal feminism or kind of like mainstream liberal feminism, you know, take back feminism to like the radical roots of it, to the way that it can disrupt and destroy patriarchy and capitalism. Just like we're trying to bring anarchism back to its radical roots. Yeah. um yeah and and obviously as well like it's not just anarchism or like the way some people practice and understand anarchism 
um being um exclusive of women but also of like other people who are marginalized as well you know Mm -hmm, yeah queer people disabled people people of color yeah like and it's also very much like wedded together you know like i mean if you're a a white cis man like there's gonna be a lot of things you don't understand and you refuse to put any any effort into understanding and also we don't really want you to listen to our podcast (laughs) well vicky says she'll uh, i'll tolerate it tolerate right but i don't let me explain that i i think maybe sometimes right there could be something useful to be learned from like listening to camp conversations we're having by men but like the point is really that we are not doing it for that that's not the purpose of this so if if you take something useful from it that's great but like listen to it with the knowledge that we're not talking at you and that you're like extremely privileged to even be (laughs) listening in to any kind of like feminist perspectives because you're probably amongst a lot of or maybe not a lot but like women as well as other marginalized people that might have some of the same perspectives but they would never speak to you about it because you're not trustworthy and you're not safe to speak to and so I think a lot of men then go around saying that you know if you don't speak to me about it like how can I know a lot of the time it's really a a fake counter argument though in bad faith yeah. But like, you know, if you really want to educate yourself, then fine. Like, you can come here and you can listen to this. <laughs> but that's not the community that we're trying to strengthen and build here. It's not like the community of women explaining things to men. It's the community of women trying to find other women like them yeah. and validating each other's experiences. And date them. And, <laughs> and validating each other's experiences of anarchism through dating. dating. <laughs> So anyway, our, our, our email uh, should be, on, <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, drop us a line for We any... are both beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, just so... Drop dead. Yeah, drop dead. It's a good thing you can't see us because you would die. <laughs> you would just... <laughs> on the spot. Yeah. Two gremlins talking to you about anarchism. Sorry, one <laughs> gremlin and one... And I mean, to be clear, if we were to go on a date, it wouldn't be with the both of oh us. Oh my god. <laughs> Just in case some confusion, but maybe we can arrange something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, we'll not see. that that's the purpose of the. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so back to the actual purpose. <laughs> um, why are we doing this in a nutshell? Well, like Vicky was talking about, like it's hard to be an anarchist woman a, a lot because of like men. <laughs> And the spaces that are sort of supposed to be like leftist and and anti-capitalist and stuff end up being like extremely sort of male-centered and um, hostile to women and to other marginalized people. And uh, we kind of, I guess we just, we wanted to create a space where we could like learn together, talk about these things together and sort of maybe build or maybe not even build, but kind of, like, excavate a community of people who already exist, but are just hard to find. Excavate? I mean, I know what you mean, but it brings up images of, like, digging through dirt, you know, like, hey, any anarchists move out here? I'm just buried in the dirt, like... (laughs) Just wading through dark caves, it's humid, 
things are dripping down Vicky, on you. Vicky, this is really hot. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, any Arakis women want to oh. date? I mean, learn about Arakis women together. <laughs> I brought a shovel. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you brought a shovel? Don't excavate. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah, I think what we want to do is learn together. You know, we don't want to position ourselves as an authority on this topic. Because even though we do know some stuff, as in like, you know, we've thought about this for a, a little bit and we do, I guess, claim the term for a reason, we also don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> and we also want to get, I think, ourselves to learn more. And so this is also a good way to do that. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of the things that like we're wanting to read, you know, we haven't read or one of us hasn't read. Um... Something else for me about making this podcast <laughs> um, is that... So I wrote um, a master's dissertation uh, in the summer. Yeah. And it was about um, some... It was like a literature one. So it was about specific books that were published in the late 1890s to 1900. Um in the UK, and they were, like, sort of written by leftist women of the time. I think all of them did identify as socialists, but some of them were flirting with anarchism, for sure. Hmm. <laughs> My favourite way of engaging with anarchism. Flirting. Oh, this is coming off very horribly. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just lonely. Keep going. Oh, it's funny that you should say you're lonely. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> that wasn't even on purpose. Um... Yeah, but something that did strike me about the, the text is that, like, and made me feel kind of sad and also seen, I guess, at the same time, was how, was that both the women in the books and also the women who were writing the books were coming up against, like, the hostil hostility of left-wing spaces to, to women and to any kind of real dedication to dismantling patriarchy and capitalism, and especially considering they're so in entwined. Um, and how, yeah, th these women were just so lonely and they were, like, desperate for comradeship, specifically between other women, but also, I guess, in a, in a wider sense of actually feeling, like, held in a community of, like, anarchist or socialist or communist people. And, yeah, it, it just, it really struck me because, like, these books were written 120 years ago and I just felt like they spoke to my experience as, like, a leftist woman trying to make the world a better place and mm. live a different life. And, uh... It's definitely very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> One thing um, that I remember when I was doing my research for it was there was uh, this book I was reading and they were talking about this new founding of a society, um, like, like a socialist one, I think, and and they, uh, the person who wrote the book was like, oh, this, this meeting had loads of women. Four showed up. <laughs> Which I just yeah. thought was very funny. because They were like patting themselves on the back afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, wow, you know what, guys? Phenomenal turnout. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, we've we did it. We did it. We not did one, it. not two, but four, four. I mean, patriarchy doesn't exist in this socialist no, society, I mean, guys. <laughs> four to 25? I think that's brilliant odds. <laughs> that's like almost half. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's all about the numbers as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there were four. Yeah, so the, <laughs> they definitely had the numbers. They had that down. <laughs> that's ticked. 
<laughs> we can now move on to like radically transforming the foundations of our beliefs, right? But yeah, but then, wait, but there's another thing about that is just that like, again, it's just so relatable. Like how many times have you gone to a, a, a meeting and been like the third woman? And then you're like sitting there and you're like, oh, the meeting's about to start. Wow, this is a lot of men. And then one other woman walks in and you're like, I guess this is what we've got. <laughs> and then like you keep getting talked over. Yep. And belittled. Yep. And... You say an idea and then everybody's like, no. And then the person next to you who's a man says the same idea. And, and everybody's, everybody's like, like yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great no. idea, Todd. I've never... <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard of of that idea before, Todd. You're so clever, Todd. <laughs> Sorry, it just came to my head. But... Please keep chairing, Todd. Then <laughs> <laughs> also, anyway, I mean, we know, and hopefully everybody knows that like there there are a lot of anarch feminists out there, but it's just that when the spaces that are either um, made for anarchism or made for feminism are so inaccessible for different reasons, it, I do feel like it adds up in a way where when you're this particular kind of feminist and anarchist, you do feel excluded from a lot of them. Yeah. So I also thought that we could talk about our first experiences with anarchism, because I think that can also be very telling. <laughs> Uh, and might set the scene from like where where our deep anarcho feminist conviction really <laughs> comes from. So, uh, do you want to go first, or should I? Um, you go first. <laughs> okay. Um. So, no, wait, I, can I go first? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, of course, you can go first. You have a much better story than I do. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I, I absolutely, it's definitely true. Because my first experiences with anarchism were being like scared of anarchism, because. I just felt like it legitimised, like, violence against women, basically, slash, like, men being violent and having no accountability or, yeah, no responsibility or anything. And it was just very, like, very aggressive and, yeah, scary. And as somebody who is scared of men, it didn't really <laughs> make me want to look into it more or anything. Um It, I think also it did take me a while to become, like, ready for anarcho-feminism. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, I, I mean, because, like, I also went through a, like, liberal feminist... I mean, I, I was born ready, but, you know, <laughs> I was born with a little, with a little A. But yeah. And then also with a little, like, sign of feminism. You were actually just born with, like, a spray can of graffiti as well, <laughs> ready to... <laughs> and you were born and your your mouth and nose were covered in a sorry I covered my mouth and nose when I did that so um, mm -hmm. anyway I mean, maybe you're going a bit too far <laughs> like, uh, that didn't happen no but you do have the tattoo oh yeah it's not a tattoo it's my birthmark sorry I meant birthmark yeah um but yeah so you used to be a, a liberal a liberal feminist yeah and yeah. like yeah it... I forgive you oh thank you I understand we all grow <laughs> Unlike you, who didn't need to. <laughs> well, it's not quite true, but I, at some point, might have espoused some ideas that perhaps were not as radical as I might now. Some ideas. <laughs> but I, I will not say which. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, it, it is true that there are 
a lot of anarchist men that do use anarchism as a way to legitimize their violence. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense that you would come at it from that perspective, especially since, like, feminism was the thing you knew first. Yeah. So that was the lens through which you, like, automatically started looking at anarchism as well. And if you do that, then, like, there's no way you can't notice all of that kind of vibe going on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything more to add to to your first experience? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, so I've had to think a bit about my first experience as well. I think I had buried it deep inside my mind, because it, it didn't... Like, when I first started thinking about it... Because it happened before you were born. <laughs> happened in the womb. <laughs> um, no, it actually happened in high school. And in high school, there was... I think I must have been, like, maybe... I don't know, 15 or 14. And there was this teenage boy that was just following me around, trying to hand me pamphlets about anarchism that he, I kid you not, this sounds like a caricature. It really sounds like a cartoon. But he genuinely had like a longish leather coat <laughs> and he would open it up and on the inside pocket, in the inside pocket, he would have a little pamphlet and he'd whip it out <laughs> and he'd just be like, you need to read this because I really don't think you understand what anarchism is. Because already at, at the time, I was like kind of dressing alternative and I was into punk music and I was drawing anarchy signs everywhere. But then I think when he started to talk to me about it, I would, you know, say that I think it's basically about chaos. Because I hadn't actually looked into it deeper than that. I, I just saw it as a punk thing. <laughs> and, and he was already educated. Right, he, he was already on that higher plane, and he really thought that like I think he was trying to radicalize me or something, and yeah, so he followed me around for like honestly a few a few months, and I kept saying no because like I just wasn't interested, and I was kind of scared that it was also his way of hitting on me, and I wasn't into him, and I wanted him to go away, and he just kept coming up to me wanting to talk about rock music and anarchism, <laughs> and eventually, I got exasperated. And I caved. I was like, fuck, give me your fucking pamphlet, you know, just to shut him up. And I didn't have any intention of reading it. But then I got sick and I was really bored. And it was just there on my nightstand. And I just remember just giving up <laughs> the will to live. And being like, you know, whatever. I'll have a look at it so that then I can tell him what I actually think. And hopefully he'll leave me the fuck alone. And I read it. I don't remember what the pamphlet was about, but I do have, like, I mean, I do have some memories of the topics inside of it. Yeah. Like, I remember there were two parts. It wasn't very long. It was like 80 pages or something. And one, the first part was about defining anarchism and how it wasn't about chaos. You know, it was about anti-capitalism. And I was reading that and like anti-imperialism. And I was reading that and I was like, yeah, I mean... I kind of agree with all of this, like, this makes a lot of sense to me. But then I got to the second part, which was about examples, historical examples of where anarchism had worked to, like, so, sort of, I guess, show that it's practical and possible to respond to the objection of, like, well, this would never actually work in practice. 
And I was just so unimpressed. <laughs> because to me, it read like the list of failures, <laughs> you know, where people had tried it, but it actually hadn't worked. And compared to the fact that capitalism uh, has been, you know, in place in many places for a long time now, it just didn't seem to stand up to like scrutiny. And so that part let me down. And so when I gave it back to him, I was like, you know, I'm just not convinced that this like thing that happened for a very limited period of time in a very limited place yeah. is proof that this is possible. And I think he tried to argue with me or something, but he did leave me alone. Thank God. Well, that's good. I know. Actually, I think he moved away. <laughs> Which is the same thing. Well, I guess. But anyway. I, f- I feel like that experience is both like... Like, it's both bad and good in the sense that it, like, kind of prepares you for, like, <laughs> anarchist men, like, in the future. Yeah. And it is also obviously sad that that was, like... You were basically, like, harassed into reading about anarchism. I know. Like, who ever like, thinks that this would work? No, I... D- and, and also, like, I obviously was extremely left-wing already. Yeah. And I had a grounding in a lot of the ideas that are present in anarchism. And instead of trying to build a bridge through that, yeah. he just, like, antagonized me by talking about how it's not about chaos. And he just hyper-focused on those two arguments of, like... It's not chaos, and also it's been, it's happened before, and it's possible. And I actually think that, in retrospect, like my reaction wasn't that weird or unreasonable because yeah, you need a lot of other pieces of knowledge to understand why the like anarchist communes that have existed in the past are actually, you know, like, actually mean something pretty big because yeah. of the odds that they were up against. And the like mainstream society that they were breaking away from, and how incredibly hard it is. Yeah. But if you don't have that, then you're not gonna get it, right? And also, I think the funny thing is that when I think back of on my days of thinking anarchism is chaos, yeah, that didn't actually make me not like it. I was kind of like, yeah, it's chaos, and I mean, maybe that's what I want, right? Like maybe yeah. that's not a big deal, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this stuff just does come down to the fact that, like, a lot of the focus of people... Like, I guess what I feel like is if if people foregrounded, like, sort of, like, the anarchy of care... Hmm. Because I do think that that is fundamentally, like, anarchist. Like, it's a way to reorganise and create society together, which, like, puts caring for everybody and and other creatures, like, non-human beings as well, like... At the forefront of everybody's minds, um, but that is often I feel like forgotten as like well either as kind of like the women women's role, or just like no but like the violence of the revolution is the most important thing, mm. when it's not. Yeah, and I mean I also feel like I don't blame <laughs> women or like other feminists, or maybe even to some extent some liberals for being put off yeah. by anarchism if the way they're introduced to it is through monarchists yeah. and through people focusing on a macho idea of revolution because I don't agree with that either. Yeah. And and I embrace the term anarchism. Yeah. So I can't even imagine how I would react if I came from a position of already being apathetic or against it and then, you know, being followed around by a teen... <laughs> 
high school boy in a trench coat pushing <laughs> pamphlets on me. Which, like, is hilarious to me because I feel like those men, they never change. Like They really never like, change. In this case... I've met that man. I, I know. And I feel like in my case, I'm willing to be, like, a bit more lenient because I'm like, well, you know, he was really young. But, like, I meet men that are 30, 40, 50... Like, men that die being the trench coat pamphlet guy. Oh my god, I thought and... I was going to be like, I meet ghosts of men who do this too. <laughs> <laughs> Dead men in trench coats follow me around with anarchist pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. And I also really can't understand how, as a man, you don't have the self-awareness of the fact that, like, that's not welcomed and the yeah. way that, like, people will per- perceive it, right? Yeah, although I do think that, like, actually... There's a way that men like manipulate or like try to portray themselves as not self aware enough to realize that women don't want this. When in reality, right. they do know it. They just don't care about women actually saying no yeah. or like saying, yeah. leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, I feel like there were actually studies about that as well. Because, like, if you swap out like the gender of people doing the thing, like, men, men do know that like it's not appropriate to do things or. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they still do them because they can get away with it, sort of, or, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I think this is even more true when we're talking about adult men. Yeah, oh, for sure. <sighs> so, yeah, anyway, that was my first experience. And I do want to say, though, that, like, as bad as it was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't horrendous. Yeah. But, like, it definitely, I would term in my first real monarchist experience. Badge of honor. <laughs> so young and already so experienced. Like, it did, you know, like the ideas that I got from the book about the like basic definition of anarchism, I still hold to this day and I think they were pretty accurate. And I, I am glad that, like, I learned about that then because yeah. I do think that I had a misconception, but I also think that I had no resources yeah. to learn about it. I mean, this person, like, wasn't really a resource. It was, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like, um, I don't think we came from, like, opposite sides or anything, but I do feel like the way that we kind of came to where we are now is, like, because I was also kind of thinking maybe a, a little bit as well about, like, well, the f- I let the fear, like, mean I didn't do any research into anarchism as far as I remember, you know? Like, the mm-hmm. reason I found anarchism ultimately, I think, is probably because I was, like looking into, you know, women who were kind of, like, celebrated, you know, like, doing research into International Women's Day and how it was originally International Workings Women's Day yeah. and all of this stuff, like, it, it builds on itself and suddenly you sort of, you can't you can't deny that there is much more complexity to the world than a liberal feminist lens or, like, framework allows you to even see. Yeah. Let alone try to stop and change. Um... When did you start engaging with anarcho-feminism? God, I can't really remember, but I do think it's been a few years. Like, I know that it took me a while to even be aware of the term itself and of the flag, which is obviously very nice. Same goes for, uh, like, queer anarchism and stuff. It's important to say that we... um... Oh yeah, queer anarchism is pink, isn't it? Yeah. That's better. Um, we're recording this in a room that is full of purple and pink things. <laughs> and on the wall <laughs> is the anarcho-feminist flag, which I mean most people don't really recognise or even know there is a flag. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's a 
flag of two triangles, one of purple and one of black. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, but I think a turning point for me was when I was wanting to organize events, like gigs, mostly, or, or maybe parties that would be um, about folk punk. <laughs> Which is objectively the best genre of music. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that would also be sort of DIY spaces for queers. Because I felt like I couldn't really find the kind of places I wanted to go to and hang out in. I mean, of course there's always something going on. But I was just really wanting like something that combines politics with also queerness and also community and also music. And so I started thinking about it and kind of looking at what had happened in the past and in other places. And I just found this idea of anarcho-queer spaces and anarcho-feminist spaces really appealing. And so I decided that like that was really the best and most concise way of getting across what I wanted to see more of in the world. And where I think, you know, like, I would fit and fight people. Fight people? <laughs> no, and find people, you <laughs> right. know, that, that I would get along with. Which, I, I guess, Rita speak to the loneliness as well. Of, like, I was really looking for a remedy to that. And I ended up organising some things that I think would fall under my original idea. To some extent. But, like, my, my utopian idea of what the space would look like didn't really happen. And I think, honestly, like, I might have gotten closer to it if the pandemic didn't happen. Yeah. Because I did feel like... I mean, people were showing up to the things. <laughs> and and I was getting feedback that other people had also been waiting for that kind of, I guess, space or community to get together. Nice. What about you? Well, it's funny you should, you should ask specifically, <laughs> Vicky. Um... When I was younger, I was one of the main organisers of um, a convention for teenage girls, young women, and non-binary people. And that was, like, a, a really amazing experience. I mean, you know, I don't think the spaces that I created or, like, participated in creating were perfect or anything, but that was a re really amazing experience for, like, expanding, like, the way that feminism is, like, a nourishing thing, I think. And so, like, after that experience, I feel like I moved away from kind of, like, labelling myself in my feminism. So that was only when I... But, you know, I was sort of, like, on the trajectory of, like, leftist... Leftist feminism, I guess, sort of, like... Hmm. Maybe specifically socialist stuff, which, like, I definitely would now be distancing myself from. But, um, yeah, so then it was only really when I, like, met Vicky last oh. year... Hmm. Last year, two years ago, that I sort of properly started to feel much more comfortable just being like, well, yeah, I, I guess this is... I, I am an anarcho-feminist, and that is what wow. I believe. How, how did I <laughs> make you, you know, get 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 there? Because, I mean, I Why guess... Why me? <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was... I guess it, with you, when I met you, it was that you had the language or, like, the vocabulary <laughs> that, like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vocabulary, two words. Two put words together. put together with an A in them. <laughs> with a, or an O and no. a little hyphen, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, hyphen. Yeah. C, huge vocabulary. Huge term. vocabulary. I know all the words for the punctuations. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because so Vicky and I met in a space that <laughs> was very hostile to women, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, but that oh. also had, like, a lot of potential, which is partially why we were both there. Um, and so I was, like, so desperate for other women, but not just other women, but other women who had also, like, understood their gender to be politicised and their, like, experience of gender as a political one. So when Vicky arrived with her anarcho-feminist flag, <laughs> it was uh, ideological love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, in a way, like, I wish I had sort of, like, come into contact with these ideas sooner. But at the same time, like, I already was in contact with those ideas. Mm, Yeah. And now that I have done a bit more, I mean, still not very much, but, like, a bit more research and stuff and learning around anarcho-feminism, I do feel like a lot of organising, like, women's organising is, like, sort of inherently anti-hierarchical and anarcho-feminist. Definitely. And so, yeah, I mean, that's also kind of, you know, yeah, like, why I wanted to do this, like... Yeah. If you're a woman, like, you probably are an anarchist, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, I, I do believe that, but I, I, I don't know if it's always the best way to put it. I think it can antagonise people, because maybe it sounds like we're saying that we know what they are yeah. better than them. But really, I think it comes down to this idea of, like, a lot of people have misconceptions about anarchism that I don't think are just out of like them being ignorant or not having researched things. Like I think it's a lot deeper than that. And I think in particular women, for the reasons that we've talked about, are more likely to like not have access to, you know, the, the spaces or or yeah. the people that would introduce them to anarchism in a good way. <laughs> yeah, and like um stop them from being alienated. Yeah. So yeah. We'll be alienated together. <laughs> we just high fives. Because we were alienated together when we first met. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting because when I think back to me showing up in the space that we met in with like my anarcho feminist flag, I think I redid it because I thought, oh, well, this is the space where I can do that, right? Like, this will help me find other people. That are and then you just found me, and then yeah, pretty much. Like I realized, like actually, this doesn't make me fit here. This sets me apart because, like, that's not the general vibe. The general vibe is actually pretty deeply misogynistic, for sure. <laughs> um, as well as ableist oh. and obviously other things. Yeah, but to me, these are like two main things that really I remember, and I, I do remember, <laughs> like, trying to find. A place to like put up the flag, yeah. and you were just following me. Like you were, like, <laughs> you were just following me around, which I was grateful for, because like obviously I wanted to talk to people. I didn't want to be yeah. walking around my fucking flag by myself. But like you were just like following me, being like, "Oh wow, what is this flag? Oh, oh my god, I've been craving another feminist like you here." <laughs> and then I think it is important to note that I was a really even more sleep deprived than normal, and b I am <laughs> autistic, so I don't really know how to like do social things properly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, I, but you know, I didn't. In fact, I was the. Oh my god, was I wearing a trench coat at the time? No, no, you weren't. <laughs> I mean, I, I do mean in a way of like, and I was yeah. really weird. I just meant to more in a way of like, yeah, like I can see, I, I understand <laughs> yeah. what you were feeling. I think to go back specifically to like the idea of 
because I, I, I mean, I know that we both think that like there are a lot of women that are arc feminists, but they might not say it. But then I also want to talk about the people that do say it, how hard that can be, because I think on the one hand, it does allow you to find people the way that we found each other. Yeah. <laughs> but then also, like, when you claim something so strongly, it can also, you know, single you out. Yeah, for sure. As... A problem. Like, uh, yeah, a problem. Like, somebody creating the trouble by offering this perspective that is maybe lacking. Yeah. This is something as well that I... We talked about when I read the the article, but I was reading about sort of the way that, like, the... The way that, like, the sexual politics of anarchist women who were... Like, Victorian anarchist women were were talked about and the way that, like, being an anarchist woman was, like basically sort of publicly talking about sex that's sort of how it was I'll, I'll like we'll, we'll like put the link or whatever to the article that I'm talking about so you can read um, it but I thought that was so interesting because I felt like that's actually kind of the same thing now in the way that like there's both this like sort of fetishizing curiosity around like anarchist women and then also mm-hmm. like a real hostility to them mm. does that make sense yeah and I do think that like there is a way in which especially liberal feminism has evolved to be so not evolved I think it's always been this way yeah but with the addition of like neoliberal spins on it and the sort of like visibility of feminism as well it's meant that it's gotten very non-confrontational you know very much about like yeah very respectable very polite and so even amongst feminists as an anarcho-feminist you can still be, like, vilified yeah. for the anarchist bit of it. Although I do think that, like, they come together yeah, yeah, to agree. create a, a whole and like, inform each other. Like, it's not just oh, an anarchist kind of feminism. Yeah. can't believe I converted you in that <laughs> way. But that's the power of the flag. It's just so cool. Yeah, well, last year I converted to anarcho-feminism. Maybe two. This year I'm converting to Judaism. What will I convert to next year? Probably Judaism still, because it'll take a while. But anyway. (laughs) Uh, So the next time on our podcast, we're going to be talking about the Manarchist quiz, right? Yeah, yeah. The how to tell if you're a Manarchist theory of the Manarchist. Yeah, so we'll be talking a bit more in depth about Manarchism as well, which... yeah. Because I do really think it's a very useful concept. Yeah, for sure. And then I think we might also um, do a bit of media commentary on some other forms of media. (laughs) You know, that diversified a little bit. Diversity of tactics, diversity of media. (laughs) You know, it's not just um, Twitter, it's also YouTube. Oh my god. (laughs) The diversity. After that, I think we'll look into some anarcho-feminist texts, some historical texts, um... So that's our kind of long-term plan. So we're going to be reading theory and history. If you have any texts or things you'd like us to read, you can email them to us, our shiny new email, which is anarchisminterrupted at protonmail.com. With two R's, because that's how you spell interrupted. (laughs) Which we definitely... Did not look up. No, we know that. (laughs) Yeah. We're very intelligent. intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and if you want to keep up to date in our future episodes, then you can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at AnarchaFemPod, so that's Anarcha with an A, although <laughs> we will sometimes say with an O. Well, you will. Well, I will deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna Marie will also be making transcripts for all our episodes. Um... Transcripts for our podcast will be found on anarchisminterrupted.wordpress.com and they should be released like at the same time as the podcasts are. So maybe we could end this episode on sharing a good thing that's happened to us this week. Sure. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I think a good thing that's happened to me is starting this podcast. Topical. <laughs> Very topical very self-aware <laughs> and I think it's been quite energizing because obviously we've been stuck in lockdown for a while now and it means that our sort of options to talk to anybody <laughs> that's not each other are pretty slim. I guess this hasn't necessarily changed that but yeah. <laughs> No, it hasn't, but it's making me feel like I'm putting something out into the world and maybe somebody will say something back, (laughs) you know? Hopefully something nice. Plus, like, you and me have wanted to start, like, a a anarcho-feminist reading group for, like, a long time, so it feels nice to, like, do something towards that or, like... Yeah, that's true. Like, we've been wanting to basically just find other (laughs) anarcho-feminists and also learn more about the stuff that, you know we're really interested in but it's just been so hard to find motivation to do things and to find the energy to do things and so yeah it's given me something to do (laughs) with my time and that's good yeah do you want to share something good that's happened to you now yeah I think the thing that I would say is that this week I got some new knitting needles um and I'm having like a very uh, knitting moment. <laughs> you had a knitting moment for a while. Yeah, but you know, like I, I've known how to knit since I was like seven, and I haven't been like this dedicated to knitting for a very long time. Yeah. Um, you knitted me a hat. That's actually not true. Like maybe ten. But anyway. I did knit you a hat. Yeah, you did knit me yeah. a hat. It's very nice. Anyway, so I got these new knitting needles, and they're like larger, and they're um. DPNs, which stands for, like, double-pointed needles, which means you can knit in the round, which means you can knit, like, basically, like, tubes and socks and hats without having to, like, join the seams together. You can knit in in the round, in a round. That's me trying to explain it. Anyway, and they're really nice. Like, they are very smooth, and I think they're made out of bamboo, and they make a very nice uh, sound. And I also got them so I can, like, finish off a cardigan I've been working on for, like, five months now. So... Yeah, that's nice, and uh, I'm excited to keep knitting with them. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Anarchism Interrupted. Yeah, you've made it this far. (laughs) Yeah, congrats! Why are you still here? (laughs) (laughs) We hope um, that you enjoyed it, and that you'll tune in for our next episodes. Take care, and stay safe. Bye!